Hebrews chapter number one, we're going to read in verse number one. We're going to read all the chapter and into just a little bit of chapter number two, but it's not too long and uh, I won't take up too much time. So let's read in verse number one. The Bible says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all the things by the word of his power. When he had, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Let's pray together this morning. Father, I thank you for an opportunity to stand and to preach your word. Lord, it is my desire, Lord, that anybody in here that is lost this morning, Lord, that you would grab hold of their hearts, Father, that you would fully arrest their attention, that they may hear your word preached to them, Lord, that you would show them their lost condition, their need of salvation this morning, that you offer mercy and forgiveness, Lord, to all those who will believe, Lord. And for those of us that have entered into your salvation, Lord, how grateful we are to be here this morning. Lord, let us not take a Take it for granted, the wonderful privilege to sit here in freedom and to be able to open your word, Father, and to be able to preach it and tell truth to the world. Lord, I pray that you'd help me this morning, that you give me power, Lord, that you would remove me out of the way, that you would use me as your vessel, that you would empty me out, Lord, that I may be able to preach exactly what you would have me to preach to any that would hear this morning. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. A title of my message is more of a plea this morning. It is, please... Trust in the Savior. 
I do not know the heart's condition of any of you this morning. I, I know many of you make a proclamation of salvation, and I believe by seeing the fruits in your life that I can have confidence in that as you can mine. But no no man can look into the depths of the heart of any other man. Only Only God can do that. And I don't know what your condition is this morning, but I want to spend a few minutes preaching to you this morning about a Savior that loves you and that's willing to forgive you and that's willing to save you of your sins and make you one of his own children, make one of his own. So um, as way of introduction, I want to mention Friday night we had the bonfire at my house, and Brother Jim is correct. We had, if you count all the little ones and the babies, we had a little over 50 people show up, and uh, we only had two or three kids disobey enough to throw them into the fire. Um, so, uh, but no, we did have a really good time and the Lord really blessed that time. And, and it's a, every year when we do that, um, it is a great encouragement to me, um, because of the fellowship that we have with one another. It reminds me that, that we are, uh, we are a family here, that we love one another, that we, uh, we get to listen to, to what each other's going through. And it encouraged me because I know that, uh, sometimes, you know, we'll come into church here. Maybe it's just me come into church here and it just seems like everybody's got everything else going on right and going together. And and the devil just gets at me and feels like, well, you're the only one that's got this issue going on is dealing with this problem. And you're the only one that feels alone about this. And But when we were at that bonfire, we go through and have a time of testimony and everybody can stand up and talk about the time that the Lord saved them or talk about what God's doing in their life. And what I heard time and time and time again were believers standing up saying that they were uh, at times in their life before they had been saved, that they were lost, that they were broken, that they had no direction, that they had nothing until Jesus saved them of their sin and forgave them and brought them into this family. And what a what a wonderful privilege it is that we have as believers to have a church family, to have something that we can uh, look forward to going to, that we can enjoy being a part of. Uh, and my desire for you is if you're lost to know that you can have that as well. You can have the Savior. You can have that family as well. I'll share a little bit of my testimony. Um, I, I did a little bit of that at the bonfire, but I, um, I, I grew up here in the state of Tennessee. I lived in Nashville the first part of my life and then Franklin moved around a little bit. But uh, my father was uh, in the Air Force. He was a major um, and he passed away when I was six months old. And my mother, she um, she remarried a, a couple different times. I had my she had my uh, twin sisters that live in Middle Tennessee still. Uh, and then she eventually remarried. And at the time that I was about nine or ten years old, uh, she had uh, married the, the second man after my father passed away. Um, she, my stepfather took my mother's life. Um, and before that had taken place, um, I saw my mother become very, very close to the Lord. Um, I, at that time, like I said, was nine or ten years old. And I remember sitting in church and seeing us do the uh, do the Lord's Supper um, have that time of remembering the Lord uh, and seeing tears stream down her face and 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 uh, seeing her desire to work for God and grow closer to God. And and that greatly impacted my life, seeing that not even being saved yet, seeing God do that, because prior to that, I had seen her as somebody that, yes, loved God and yes, had been saved, but was not living for God, did not have me faithfully in church, did not take me regularly uh, and and I saw her make changes in her life. I saw I saw her do things that I had never seen her do before. I saw God working in her life, and and it it struck me and it stuck with me. And 
And as I grew up, when I was 13, uh, I placed my faith in Christ and became a child of God. Um, and and I, I love the Lord for that. And Brother Taylor made the comment uh, during his testimony at the bonfire, and I thought it was a good one. Those of us that got saved when we were young, the, most of the real bad things we've done is since we've been saved. And, you know, we, we, we sometimes have to deal with that shame and guilt, and we, we thank the Lord for his forgiveness and, and for his love. But what I see in my own life, is I see the, the hand of God that was always moving in my life and that he was guiding me. And step by step, he was bringing me closer to him in everything. And and I can look and see that that since I've been saved, there has been no area of my life that I can look to him and that I can blame him for anything. There's plenty I can look at in my own life and have uh, guilt about. But there's nothing that I can look at what God has done. And if, if you're here this morning, if you've been invited by somebody or, or maybe you've sat in church for decades or maybe you're a young person, um, th- the greatest thing that you can do is give your heart to Jesus Christ, to, to be born again and to live for God. So I don't want to get ahead of myself too much. But if you're if you're lost and you're here this morning, you need to be saved and God wants to save you. So the first thing I want to do here. Um, as we go through the scriptures, I want to mention, number one, that Jesus is superior to all. Jesus is superior to, to all other avenues. Uh, Jesus is above all things. Um, there's some truths about this that we, we need to understand. If you look again at verse number one in chapter one, it says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in this last day spoken unto us by his son. God used to speak through prophets and through miracles. Now he speaks to us through his son and through his word that we have. Uh, this right here is truth. Uh, those of you that are trying to pursue that and understand what is real and what is worth grabbing hold on and what is worth trusting your life with, it is the word of God. The, uh, as a young man, when I was going to the University of Tennessee, I heard all kinds of different ideas. Of course, I'd been saved prior, but there was all these uh, new ideas and new avenues of, of our purpose and why we exist. And uh, and if you believe in eternity, how you can get there. And I had a philosophy, uh, philosophy professor that was convinced that we're all just a bunch of brains inside of jars and that we're you know, in somebody's basement or something like that. And we're just thoughts that exist. And I was paying for that, I know. Uh, but what I found as as I continued through my young life as a young man, I got about eight, about 19 or 20 years old. And I wanted to, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't say turning my back on the Lord, but I was struggling in my faith. And I, I wanted to know God, I need you to help me understand that what I believe is, in fact, truth. I need to know it. I, need, I, 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 want it. I got to the point that it was, if this is it, I'm, I'm going to give 110%. Come whatever else it may be in the world, uh, if this is it, I'm, I'm willing to go all in for this. And as you study the Word of God, you see that that it is a it is demanding. It is... Uh, the requirements of, you know, people talk about uh, the the craziness of, of fundamentalist. And, and I don't see how you can read the word of God and not come to these simple truths of what God expects out of us. God expects a lot out of his believers. He expects a lot. Of, and so as a young man, I, I wanted to know if this is what I'm going to do. I want to know it and I want to follow after it and I want to give 110 percent. And God did that. He showed me that Jesus is above all. 
that he is the way, the truth, and the life. There is none other. There is no other opportunity to know God. If you're going to know God, it's only going to be through Jesus. It's only going to be through him. Another thing here we need to understand is that he is our creator and he has purged the sins of humanity. Uh, Look again at verse number two and three. It says, hath in these last days, talking about the Lord, spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. All things were made by him and for him. You know, if you're wondering this morning, what is my purpose? Your purpose is to know God and to live for the Lord, to bring him glory with your life. That is the purpose of you as a human being, to know your creator and to live for him with all of your heart and all of your might, with everything that you can. The world teaches that these False uh, ideas that all that matters in the life of a young man is that he be focused on building a good career and that he look uh, to being able to find a good wife he can be proud of. And for um, a young lady nowadays to be able to find a a handsome uh, six foot six man somewhere like there's a bunch of them. I mean, crazy things that they're saying is a value today. But the real the real value, the real purpose, the real peace that can be found is only in the Lord Jesus. I mean, that's a, that, if something were to happen and you lost everything that you had, as a child of God, you'd still have Jesus. I mean, what, what more can we ask for? So we have to understand, you need to understand this morning, if you're lost and without Christ, that he created you to know him. And that he has, he has purged all of our sins. And we'll get a little bit more into that. But he has, he has uh, given his life for the sake of us. And again, he is seated in heaven and his sacrifice is complete. Look at again at verse three. It says at the end of it, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is seated right now, which pictures being at rest. He is seated at this very moment. He will come back for us. But what he has done, he has completed. There's nothing else that needs to be done to cleanse you of your sin. Jesus has done it. All that is required of you is to believe it, to by faith believe it and place your faith in Jesus Christ. That might not be a real big deal to you, but that's a real big deal to me. Because I know if my salvation was based off of works, I would have failed a million times over already. It's not possible. If God, if, if a holy God required us to be holy, it would be completely and totally impossible for us to do. Only by Jesus dying for our sins, becoming the sacrifice, and making the payment you can't pay, can we be forgiven. So you must understand this as a lost person. If you want to be right with God, you need to understand Jesus is superior to all. Secondly, what did Jesus do for you? Look at chapter 2, flip over to verse number 9 real quick. It says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. I say, firstly here, he died as a sacrifice for every single person's sin. I think of some of the things that I have done 
and how shameful and guilty I have been in my life and that God will, would forgive me and save me and make me right. And we, some of the men and I were talking, you think about that. I feel like sometimes as Christians or maybe it's just a church folk, I don't know, but we get so focused on the, the, God forgiven people that's been caught up in, in alcohol or caught up in drugs, but God forgives those who, who have murdered, those who have, those who have taken everything from people, the most wicked sins that you can think of, that you know of, things that would make you have nothing to do with somebody. Jesus loved that person and died for that person's sin. If you're sitting here this morning and you feel like you have no hope and that there is no answer and that you don't know what to do to be able to, to get the guilt to go away and the shame to go away, it is through Jesus Christ. He will forgive you of your sin. He will cleanse you this morning. He will make you pure before our holy God. It's through Jesus, our sacrifice. Why did he do this? Well, Romans chapter number three and verse 10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one throughout the history of mankind. It's only been Jesus. You look at the best person, you know, the best grandmother you had, the best father that you had, the best neighbor lady that you have, that's godly, that loves God with all of their heart is still a wicked sinner within the depths of their heart. They're born that way. We're all born that way. If you're saved this morning, what a great salvation that we actually have. What a wonderful thing we have this morning. Christ died for you because you can't save yourself and you're unrighteous. Now, understand this. You'll stand before God one day. And if you don't get yourself right with the Lord now, if you're not saved, then you're going to stand before God in your sin, separated from him. You're not going to be holy before him. You're not going to have the blood of Jesus cleansing you. You'll stand before him as you are, broken and lost. And that is not his desire for your life. That's not his will and hope for your life, to die lost and separated from God. So we're not naturally righteous. We're not naturally at peace with God. What is the result of that? Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death. Is death. All of us are going to die. The reason we all meet our demise one day is because we're sinners. That's what causes us to die is because we're sinners. But the, the, the man, the woman, the child that is lost, that dies without Christ, has to face not just the first death, but the second death. That they will be separated from God for all of eternity. If you're lost this morning, you will be separated from God. You will not have entrance into heaven. The saved loved ones you have, you will not see again. And you'll be, you will meet the same fate as the devil himself. That is not, again, God's desire for your life. Those of us that have lost loved ones need to take this very seriously. We need to take it very seriously. The result of your position is that if you're lost this morning is, is you will face the second death. So thirdly, knowing these things this morning, I'm moving quick. Knowing these things this morning as a lost person, if you're in here and you're lost this morning, then what is it that you're going to do about this? You see, when truth is presented to you, you have to do something with it. I mean, if if I stand here and I share the word of God out of love with you, tell you that I love you, that God loves you, that Jesus died for your sins, you can't just walk out without a decision. The decision is either I believe this to be true and I will place my faith in it and I will trust Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and I will be a child of God. 
or I'll reject it. And I'll walk away and I won't have anything to do with it. What a shame that would be to know that. Chapter number two, verse one, it says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard. Now, this morning, what I'm sharing with you is the gospel. And what it says right here, since this has been given to you now, you ought to give earnest heed to these things. What does this mean? You ought to earnestly consider these things. When it comes to the, 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 the great eternal things, the weighty things of life, you can't just bypass that, give no real thought to that, just put it off in your mind. Person after person after person has died and gone to hell doing that. But what you must do is you have to consider this truth that's been given and think about yourself right now before God. Where do you stand right now? You, your life could be over before I say amen and we leave. The Lord could come back before I say amen and we leave. I mean, you have no control. I shared this recently. I was leaving on a Wednesday night earlier in this year. Uh, and as I left, I saw, I didn't see it happen, but I saw it must have been three seconds after it happened, a man get uh, hit on a motorcycle. And I ran over. I was the first guy that got over to him. And I saw him take three breaths and die. And I thought, I have, I mean, I have no idea whether this was a saved man or not. But I know one thing, that guy had no idea 60 seconds ago he'd be in eternity. I guarantee you that. I mean, it struck me. It was a great reminder by God that we don't have the next second promised to us. Don't sit here this morning lost, separated from God and just put it off and walk out these doors. God made a way that you can know him and you can do that this morning. So consider this. Be earnest about it. Listen to it. And it says, lest at any time we should let them slip. Truth has been given to you. I, now, I was reading through some commentaries as I was studying for this. And Matthew Henry used the term, uh, he said that we have a leaky mind. Our natural mind is a leaky mind. And mine must be real leaky because a lot of stuff goes in, just comes right out of it. But naturally in our life, as things go in, things will just be forgotten. And as we give you the truth, as I'm giving you the truth of the gospel this morning, if you do not get serious about it now, it will leak out as you leave. The devil will make sure to try to pull as much of that back out, take your focus away as much as he can, as quick as he can. Um, again, at the bonfire on Friday, um, usually I get to light that before everybody gets up there. Brother Toby usually does that for me, but he's he's not here. So um, I had to light it when everybody got there. and. That fire was so big, I thought we might catch the moon on fire. I mean, it, it was a, it was a hot, very big fire at first. And, uh, as a matter of fact, the ember came off and caught my hat like it was smoking. And Miss Cody was like, your head's on fire. Um, but as that thing got real big and hot, I told Brother Taylor, I said, let's just go get some water just in case. I mean, if we burn this place down, we need to at least make, make my wife think we made an effort to not burn it down. <laughs> You know, so we went and got some buckets and one of the five gallon buckets, we filled it completely to the brim, put it in a little wagon, filled it completely to the brim to pull over there and noticed it had a hole in it and it was just leaking out. That water was just leaking out. Um, the other buckets were fine, but not that one. And so by the time we got over there, everything that had been poured into that was was gone. It was out of there at that point. And and when when the when the rubber met the road, there wasn't anything in there of any use. 
And what I'm giving you this morning is a is a clear presentation of how much Jesus Christ loves you. That he that that it doesn't matter how far away that you have gone. It doesn't matter what you have done. That God will save you. But if you just let that get put in, just like that bucket, it's just going to pour out. You'll walk out of here and the devil will do everything he can in your life to distract you. In most people's lives, it's not sin that Satan's really getting in with people's distraction. If he can just make them not think about it, if he can just make make you think about anything else, he'll let it just seep right back out of your mind. Do not let this truth just slip away as it's given to you here this morning. There is no escape from the judgment for those that neglect the truth and reject Jesus Christ. Verse 2 and 3, if the word, if, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? It's, of course, talking about uh, the law in the Old Testament and now the gospel through Jesus Christ. But you cannot, you cannot escape from what has been given to you in the truth. You will stand before the Lord one day if you're lost. You'll stand before him regardless, but if you're lost, you will stand before him and be reminded of today. Uh, th- this moment, the gospel being given to you and that you rejected. You can't escape that. You have no peace in your life. You have no real purpose in your life. And you will not be preserved from hell. It's a very sad thing that lost people, they seek peace. We see it every day. You see people that are blinded in their sin, trying to fit, trying to get peace from something. For most people, for most People my age, it seems to be money. They think that money will give them what they want. Uh, it will at least give them comfort. And yes, money does provide some comfort in this temporal world that we live in. But it offers no sense of no eternal peace. And it also can just disappear very quickly right out from under our nose. Um, but mankind is walking around seeking peace and cannot find it. Because peace is only going to be found in Jesus. Let me tell you, the most peaceful times I've had in my life have it uh, have been some of the most uh, times of greatest turmoil of what's going on on the outside. But I can just I can just get close to God and I can feel the peace of God and, and I can be reminded that he's right there beside of me. And I don't have to worry that he's got everything under control, but I'm one of his children and he loves me and he's not going to let anything happen that's outside of his will. That, that's peace. That is real peace, having a heavenly father that'll do that and having a real purpose in my life. I mean, to pursue these things that are temporal, there is no point. To, to pursue a career, I, I've seen, there, there's a man, I won't say his name, that I knew that as far as I know was lost. He certainly didn't act like a Christian, had no testimony of being one. Um, and his, his whole life's purpose was to try to lift his name up to be remembered. And the irony of that is I know nobody that respects his name anymore. Nobody. I know a lot of people that don't care for him at all. I don't know nobody that respects him. We see names plastered on buildings, right? People get wealthy. They give their money to universities, to hospitals, to public buildings, so their name can be put up there on a building that one day is going to burn. It's a waste of time to pursue these things. If you're going to pursue something, make it a life for Jesus Christ, leading others to Christ. There's nothing that beats being able to see a lost person come to Christ. See, see the Holy Spirit uh, reveal to them their state before him and then place their faith in the Lord. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to see. A lost person is also neglecting the prize of Jesus. You know, heaven is wonderful and I look forward to it. My mom and dad's there, my grandparents. 
the Lord Jesus is there, but Jesus is the prize for the Christian now. Now. Like he, he's what it's about. Heaven is going to be great. It's about Jesus now. We can have a, we have a close walk with him today. We, we can, ha- we can have that fellowship with him now. And what a, what a, a shame it is people miss out on it. Also, missing out on the forgiveness of sin, the blessings that God offers now in our life and later, and the promise that's going to be in heaven one day. What a wonderful thing it will be in eternity to always be before the Lord. To not have to deal with this anymore. I mean, really, I mean, not have to deal with this anymore. But to be able to be with the Lord Jesus for all of eternity, for those that we were able to lead to Christ and see those that led us to Christ. How wonderful it'll be. So that's that's the last thing I want to say in regards to those that are lost. I have one more point I want to make to those of us that are saved, which I'm sure is probably the majority uh, of the room, is have you been neglecting your salvation? Have you been cherishing it the way that you should be? Remember what you were, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Think of what you used to be. Those of you that lived any any amount of time before you got saved and what you are today. But are you as thankful as, about it today as the day you got saved? And those of you that got saved when you were young like me, think about those grand mistakes, those great failures you have had. Think about what you could have been and what God has kept you from. Have you been as thankful as you ought to be? About your salvation. I also remind you that the Lord, the standard God expects from us. Luke chapter 12, verse 48, it says, Therefore, unto whomsoever much is given, of much shall be required. We have in our hearts and in our minds the truth that all of humanity needs. Yet, most people are going to wake up tomorrow and be focused a lot more on work and what they got to get done that day. The bills that got to get paid, what else needs to be done with the yard before winter sets in. All of these things and not as much time and thought is going to be put forth all of the uh, billions of people that are lost without Christ that are going to die and go to hell. That's where our heart ought to be. And then the very last thing I want you to do, Christian, is imagine the great loss that comes from our complacency. Us being lazy. You know, I I said in Sunday school this morning to our young people, you know, when we pray, we need to pray uh, with faith, but also according to God's will. But a lot of times when we pray, we pray that God's will is comfortable to us, right? That's naturally what we do. I mean, you're braver than me if you pray, God, make me super uncomfortable and make this really difficult for me. Most of us pray for things that are, are going to be of ease. But the reality is most of the Christian life is not. Most of it's going to challenge you. Um, there is no, there is no, I, I saw one preacher that gave the example that, Living the Christian life, um, it's not like being in a lake that is just still water, that's just easy. But it's more like being in a great river of current that you're trying to swim up all the time. Let You're fighting against the flesh. You're fighting against the devil. Fighting against all these distractions and things that he puts in your way. And if you just say, 
I'm going to just rest in the comfort that I have for a moment. You're not going to be in that spot anymore. If you rest for one minute, you'll be one minute further down the stream. You're always moving some direction. And unless you're actively trying to move towards Christ, your natural body, your natural state is going to try to move you in the direction of sin. So this morning, two main things I want to ask is, if you're not saved this morning, won't you just give your life to Jesus this morning? This would be a great day to do it. I mean, we're we're all here for it. You know, we, we would praise the Lord for it this morning if you'll get saved. And if you're a Christian this morning that's not been living as you ought to live, you're not the first one, but you ought to get that right. There's all, always times we got to do that. The times I have to do that, there's times I'm sure our pastor has to do that. We're just human beings that struggle. But if you're not as you ought to be, then you ought to get it right this morning, okay? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as the piano player comes up. If the Lord has dealt with your heart in any way this morning, please come on up to the altar. That's why we have church, is to be able to let the Lord deal with our hearts, let the Lord guide us, correct us. This is a, a, a great opportunity for you to do that this morning. And as the piano player comes up and begins to play, can I ask, is there anybody in here that would say this morning, uh, Brother Kerry, I've not been saved.